Welcome to another episode of Sunrise Life, the podcast where we have deep conversations with fellow freelance models. Today, I have Bella on the other line, and we've been chatting for a while. She's in Hawaii. I'm really excited to finally meet her sometime in the next week when I go there. Bella, how's it going? Hello, super excited to be on. And yes, I was just thinking about how I, how fun it is that we get to do this interview and then it, like honestly in a week we get to meet in real life also. Yeah, I, I love following other people on the internet and then finally meeting them in person. And then by the time I meet them, I feel like I've already met them in person a long time ago because of how yep. I've seen them online. That is one of my, like, I think one of the biggest benefits of social media is being able to make friends that just online friends, internet friends and feel close to them. Or in the same thing, being able to keep up with like your current friends. And even if you don't catch up all the time, you you know what they're doing. Yeah. And you're out there in, in Hawaii. You live in Hawaii? Yes. Yeah. I just had uh, my one year actually, and I'm on the big island. Um, I came out here for nature and to slow down and I just really wanted to be immersed in this kind of lifestyle and I absolutely love it. It's very much, I can't say forever on anything because I never know what the future is going to bring, but currently this is going to be like very, very long-term home for sure. That's awesome. And you're loving it, obviously. So where were you before? I was in Kansas City, Missouri for five years before, actually. I had lived there. So I graduated from college in May 2016 and moved to Kansas City, Missouri from there. And the last three years, uh, I traveled full time because it's people always ask me, like, what's in Missouri? What's in the Midwest? Cheap cost of living. It is ridiculously cheap to live there. So I was able to travel full time and still have a home base where, you know, if I was not home for two to three weeks a month, it wasn't that crazy because my bills at home weren't super high. But I eventually, you know, as as COVID lockdown did with everybody, you know, everybody went through it, rediscovered different things about themselves. And something I discovered was just that as much as I loved the place that I was in and the community and everything that I had created there, I was still missing something. And essentially that something was nature. And so that's how I ended up finding uh, Big Island and deciding on out here because I really, really wanted lots of nature. That's awesome. I love the Big Island. I've been there a few times too. And I think it's my favorite because it seems to be the most secluded. It is. Yeah. It's so I'm not like an overly numbers person, but numbers really help me gauge things like understand them. And so before I moved here, I looked at a bunch of numbers and Oahu, which is where Honolulu is, is 592 square miles. And there's like 980,000 people that live there. Big Island is 15,000 square miles and 186,000 people live here. Oh, wow. So it's like, yeah, right? Those numbers really give you a bet. You're like, oh, holy crap. So yeah, Big Island is just like, it's the country. That's amazing. Well, for for our audience and for me, I guess, because I don't know the answer to this question either. (laughs) Can you tell a, a little introduction about how you got into freelance modeling and how your 
modeling career has progressed until now? Yes, I, I actually almost, I had to stop myself from going into the whole spiel because I almost already told that when I was talking about moving to Kansas City. I got started modeling through college, actually. I got my degree in fashion marketing and management. So I went to a school with a very large fashion program. And through there, I actually, <laughs> it's one of my favorite stories because I'm still really good friends with this girl. But my freshman year, uh, my friend Kirsten, she was a film major. And basically, you know, first couple of weeks of school, she had an assignment in her photography class where they just had to learn the basics of the camera. You know, like the assignment was take portraits of somebody just so that they could learn, you know, manual focus and auto and just the basics. And so she asked me to pose for her. She was like, can I take portraits of you? I was like, sure. I don't like, what do I do? What is this? And so we did this little portrait photo shoot. And even from that first one, I found I had like just a natural comfortability in front of the camera and like moving around and, you know, doing different things. And so over the next four years at school, I ended up like by my senior year, I ended up being one of the main on-campus models because there were always lots of projects where you needed models and being college students, you're broke. So you're going to use, you know, your fellow students. Yeah. And so I got like this awesome, like four years of really great practice and a safe space to hone that skill without any pressure because we were all students and we were all learning and, you know, it's, we're all coming up together and supporting each other. And the summer between my junior and senior year, so summer 2015, I had an internship in Chicago and I lived there for the summer and I started doing photo shoots outside of school projects. And at that time, Instagram was kind of, you know, starting to become what it is now, where, you know, in 2012, when it first started or 2010, whenever that was, it used to be just, you know, like really bad pictures of your food and like, okay. out, remember outfit of the day posts. Yeah. <laughs> and Yeah. And so that summer, I started connecting with other people on Instagram because I was like posting my modeling sh uh, photos from student projects and started doing photo shoots, you know, outside of college. And then I graduated May 2016. Oh, yeah, I, that was when I moved to Kansas City. And at that point, I, I definitely didn't really people would say like, oh, you're a model. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I do modeling. So I wasn't like considering doing it. I, it was just something I enjoyed. And I moved to Kansas City and had an, a, a job as an assistant buyer and an assistant manager at a local boutique. And I continued modeling on the side. And I was there for a year and a half. And then I got a job with a in an office. It was like a major, basically at 25, I was doing, you know, quote unquote, what you're supposed to do. I was working in an office in my field, 401k, salary, benefits, all that stuff. And I worked there for a year and my mental health just took a deep, deep dive. And it was a great company that I worked for, but it was just not, it was just not for me. Like that was just not my environment. 
and I was still modeling on the side and I was growing, 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 growing. But now that I had this job, I was having to stop, like I was having to turn down opportunities because I had to be, you know, in the office 40 plus hours a week. Yeah. And so after that year there, I decided, I was like, I do not want to look back on my life and wonder what if, you know, I have the rest of my life to sit in an office. I want to try modeling full time. And if it doesn't work out, then I can go back into my field. I know, and it can just be a part time for fun thing. But I don't want to look back and wonder, what if, you know, what if I had tried modeling full time? So I was like, I got to just try. If I trip, fall and fail, I can pick myself back up. And then at least, you know, we'll move forward. But that was like three and a half years ago. And here I am still modeling full time. So I'm so grateful that I took that jump. That's really amazing. So so now you're in Hawaii. And are you doing trips outside of Hawaii for modeling? Or do people mostly come to you right now? So it's a little bit of a mix. But people are mainly coming here. So I, after I left that job, I traveled full time for three years where I had kind of mentioned it before, you know, I was, I was home in Kansas city, maybe two to not two. I was gone about two to three weeks every month traveling full time, just going all over. I know you obviously know all about that, um, being on the road full time. And it was COVID where, you know, we sat still I was like, man, if I'm going to sit still and not be able to travel, I want to be in a place that I I feel that and I don't want to go anywhere. And so that's how I chose out here. And I definitely still like I'm going to L.A. in a few weeks for work. And I just went to Mexico last month to work with my art. So I do still travel, but now it's like every other month rather than a couple of weeks every month. That's cool. So yeah, people come out here, whether it's people coming out to work with me specifically just for that reason, or a lot of times I also work with people who, like they're coming to Hawaii for a vacation anyway. And they're like, well, while I'm here, I also want to create. So that's also another big one that I work with. That's really cool. And so... To find people that are like, coming to Hawaii to, and they're on a vacation and they want to do a photo shoot, like how do, you, how do you reach that niche audience? So, of course, the online platforms are always super helpful. I usually post on Instagram, Twitter. Model Mayhem and Model Society are good ones also that I post. I still do get – like I just have a – a permanent posting on Model Mayhem, I think, about how I offer, uh, you know, day tours out here. That way, when people are looking for models, when they're planning on coming out here, you know, I pop up and they see me. Um, and then also over over the course of, you know, especially modeling full-time for three years, but essentially modeling for 10 years, I've built an email list. And so I'll also just send out a little email blast of, Hey, come in here. These are the dates. That's cool. And, and you have a, a benefit that, you know, locations to take photographers to. 
I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah. That's part of what I offer is it's modeling. And then I have a variety of locations that I can take people to. And one of the things that I have really made sure to do out here is make sure that, especially with Hawaii being more or less illegally occupied, there are a lot of uh, locations out here that are still very, very sacred to the people. And so Mm -hmm. I kind of make sure that the locations we're going to are you know, good to go to, and we're not going to be disrespecting anybody by shooting there because it's a sacred place, which the whole place is sacred, but you know, there are some places that are more than others. I see. That's cool. That is really cool. I've, I've actually, I've discovered in the last couple of years that it's become apparent with freelance modeling, it's so competitive that people are more likely to book the model that knows a location to bring you to than to hire a model and then have to figure out the location on themselves. We have to be like the location guide and the makeup artist and the wardrobe stylist and, and all of that. Oh my gosh, truly. Yeah, that's something I'm constantly telling people is I'm like, it is not just modeling like because they want all these extra things but they want it, yeah, combined into one package. They don't want to have to do all these extra steps. And especially with a place like this, it is hard to, like, it's not really an easy scouting location. Like, <laughs> like oh, I can just take a weekend trip here, find locations, and then come back for the actual photo shoots. So having somebody who knows locations is like, major big i also offer transportation too because you know some people come like they'll be on oahu for vacation and they'll just come for the day so with like the one package deal i'll pick them up from the airport pop them around to anywhere from two to four locations depending on what's going on and then drop them back off at the airport and so i just have like a package that includes gas and modeling fee and location you know it's just like all wrapped in one that's awesome um i'm gonna rewind a little bit because i had other questions about your your college and everything you went to college and then you got a job after college and you decided that you were unhappy in that job and you wanted to pursue full-time freelance modeling and that all happened you started the full time three and a half years ago you said like just yeah just about so when after you had finished college and were getting into like preparing to become full-time like had you already been doing like artistic nude type stuff oh yeah yeah that's a great question uh i did my first artistic nude photo shoot the summer after I graduated from college there were so the school I went to it was like a liberal liberal arts college but on the scale of liberal it was more conservative definitely still liberal but like on the conservative end of liberal so those projects never had anything like really nudity involved but after I graduated I had a friend actually in Kansas City, who he had been doing like really cool, experimental looking nude uh, film photography. And that was the first time for me that I'd ever really seen that as a thing. Like I, I was fascinated by it. I thought it was so beautiful. 
I was like, hey, I would love to do a nude shoot. Like that just, I just really liked how it all looked and I wanted to do it. He was like, absolutely. So we got together and did that shoot. And I had what I often refer to as my come to Jesus moment, (laughs) but with nudity in nature, like (laughs) we were outside and I was naked and I just like hugged this tree naked. And the way I felt, I was like, yo, everybody needs to do this. This is incredible. Like it feels so good. It feels so natural and grounding. I just fell in love. Um, but so that was actually in, that wasn't in Kansas City, but it was in Missouri. And then a few months later, I moved to Kansas City. And by that point, I had posted a couple of those photos on Instagram back when like they really did appreciate the as long as you censored it it was fine um and so I had posted those because I loved them and they were beautiful and immediately I had a huge response from people in Kansas City wanting to book me for that because they were like hey I've always wanted to do some kind of you know nude art shoot but at the time six years ago there were not really any openly nude models in Kansas City like there might be some people who'd be okay doing it but they wouldn't want you to post it anywhere and so I just like because I had posted it on Instagram and was you know actively proud of it I had a lot of people reaching out wanting to book for that which was awesome and so that was the next two and a half years me growing and modeling having the opportunity to continue to travel and grow this business that I had never like even considered as a thing and so eventually it did get to a place where I was like I'm I'm getting enough work that I think I could do this full time um and the nude in nature is like I think my personal favorite thing to model just because like I said it's like my little come to Jesus moment. I, I have so many photos of me hugging trees naked now <laughs> because I just can't. I'm always like, <laughs> hugging this tree. Sweet. <laughs> um, did you have any pushback from friends or family when you made that transition? I Thankfully, I've been very lucky and grateful that at least to my face, everybody's always been supportive <laughs> because I also, I've always gone about it very unapologetically. Like, this is who I am. This is what you do. If it's an issue, let's just not interact with each other, you know? Because I'm not going to change the way I live and what makes me happy because I'm not doing anything that hurts anybody. Um, I did have a really funny conversation with my mom, though, whenever I first started getting more into it. She was like, you know, and I'm, Oh, endlessly grateful for my mother. She really, truly shows unconditional love because even when she doesn't understand it, she, you know, wants to support. And so she was like, as your mother, I do wish you were more clothed, but what you're doing is very beautiful. And as long as you're safe and happy, that's all that matters to me. It's like, oh, like, I love you, mom. Yeah, my mom is similar also to that. Yes. Yeah. I love when I see other, because I know, unfortunately, from conversations with other models, I know how, you know, sometimes potentially rare it is for your family to be that supportive and to be able to have that. So I love seeing, 
like when you were posting about your mom and your sister when you guys got your when you and your sister got your hair done and I love seeing those yeah like families who are supportive and loving it doesn't change like what we're naked for a living like (laughs) why wouldn't you be supportive yeah uh, my, my dad's not as supportive. He's been oh, yeah. better with me lately, but, um, the first 10 years of my modeling or maybe even a little more, he was like definitely trying to pressure me into getting some kind of an office job. Yeah. I know whenever I transitioned from office to modeling full time, my mom, again, supportive, but she just wanted to make sure she was like, I just want to make sure you're going to be taken care of and that like, you know, you're going to get enough work because she, she was just worried about bills and money and that. Mm-hmm. But the longer, especially after the first year of doing it, and like, I never had to borrow money from her. Like, I was able to pay my bills. I was fine. The questions went from like, you know, are you doing okay? How is it going? Like, checking in to make sure that it's working. To now when I talk to my mom, she's like, so where have you been? What shoots have you done? Where Like, you know, like she sees that it is legitimate and viable and I can take care of myself with this being my job so she's here for it that's cool have you had to explain to her like how your safety process goes and all that I have yeah because that's usually one of her concerns and I have my mom doesn't have an iPhone so I have my location permanently on with like my sister and one of my partners and a couple of my best friends uh, and my mom has all those people's numbers that way if for, you know, like little things like that. And then, yeah, I have gone over with her, like when someone reaches out, what I do to make sure that, you know, they're a good potential option to actually work with and not just a random stranger that I'm meeting up with and like going through all of that. That way she knows, yeah, I'm doing my best to be safe. That's cool. Um, with that, with that being said, I'd like to ask, have you had any nightmare photo shoots? Um, I, I call this part of my podcast the photo shoot fail of the week. If there's anything in your mind that you recall specifically a photographer who was either out of line or just something weird that happened during the shoot, like what's one of your crazy stories? Yeah, thankfully I don't have anything super crazy. I, I did immediately think of one though, where honestly, I look back and I realize it was, I could have probably seen that it was going to be weird, but I was tired and not, you know, I was maybe my first year into it. So I didn't realize, but one time I had this guy reach out for a photo shoot. He just wanted to do an hour of nude, which was fine. And we were going to be shooting at a house. Fine. You know, nothing like out of the ordinary. But then he was talking about how he was, like, trying to get me to, like, meet him at a gas station to park the car there and then come to the house because he was house-sitting for his friend. Like, that should have been my warning sign that this was weird. But I told him, I was like, no, I'm I'm not leaving my car somewhere. Like, I can park it in the driveway. If there's not supposed to be an extra car, I can park around the corner. But, like, I'm definitely not just leaving my car somewhere and having you take me to another location. Yeah. No. And so I get there and it's fine. But basically we do this one hour photo shoot in this like bedroom. And very quickly I'm like, Oh my gosh, this dude 
And it's fine if you're a photographer and you're doing it for fun because you like it and it's for you. But I was like, this dude is literally just taking photos for himself. I was like, there's nothing. There's no. I'm never going to see these photos again. Like, and we had to make like it was a small room and we shot in there for an hour. And he was like, what else should we do? What else should we do? I was like, bro, I'm in. We've worked all four corners. I don't know what you want from me. (laughs) Like, uh. And so it was just like, it was just weird energy, but he didn't do, he didn't try anything weird. He did make a couple of like inappropriate comments, but nothing wild. Like one time he was like, your ass looks great like that. And I just didn't respond because for me, if, you know, it's a good thing to, if the point of the shoot is to be sexy, there's nothing wrong with being like, oh, that looks great. But there's a way to, instead of like, oh, your ass looks great like that, you could just say, that's a great pose. Yeah. That looks awesome. That looks hot. You know, like there's a way to s- communicate the same thing without being your ass looks great. But it was just an hour. Thankfully, man, it's probably one of the longest hours of my life. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, uh, but it was ultimately fine. It was just like awkward as hell. Yeah. So that reminds me of like the first eight years of my traveling model. Yeah. That was, that was mostly, it was like 80% that for, for me. I've had, I, my tolerance level for weirdos was so high. And now that I'm 35, like I won't even reply to those types of photographers because I, I, I cringe at it. But back then I was just trying to save up a bunch of money and, and all this. So. Yeah. absolutely and that's why I was like I've definitely had shoots like that before where I can tell like you know they just be enjoy talking to a pretty naked young woman like that's fine this one was just like an extra step of like cringe like you said and yeah eventually you get to a point where you're like yeah I'm good on that now like yeah I just can't even yeah it takes a little too much out yeah (laughs) <laughs> my my criteria for whether or not I would shoot for somebody for a long time when I started traveling was, oh, I don't think you're a serial killer, so it's going to be fine, and I could probably fight you. If I <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm like, I feel like there's a responsibility to like not work with people who are shady, but um, I think it's good that if that's like the weirdest situation that you had, I think that I'd say you've had a pretty positive experience with your freelance modeling. I definitely agree because yeah, the horror stories. I listened I listened to the first four episodes on here and yeah, like some of the horror stories people have. I I've definitely had close calls where at some point in the messages, like setting up the photo shoot, I end up getting like this gut feeling or they say something that just is a little too off for me. And so I end up not doing the photo shoot. And I feel like those are possibilities of times that if I had gone, you know, it might have been worse or weirder, but thankfully I trusted my gut, which is not always, you know, like, because there are also times where, you know, you're messaging a photographer and I'm like, "Mm, they seem a little off. And then I meet them. I'm like, oh, you just don't have the best social skills. Like, (laughs) like you're, you're totally safe, totally respectable. You just don't have the best social skills so it's it's hard to figure out what is that and what is you know actual weirdness 
Yeah, I understand that fully. I've, I've definitely worked with people who made, maybe they had Asperger's or something. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. just super awkward over like internet communication. And then you show up and they're like, oh, they're just really socially awkward, which is fine. But it might be pulling red flags because they're like, wait, why did he say that? <laughs> yes, exactly. And so I just, obviously, intuition isn't always, you know, like you can misread things but I usually trust my intuition and my gut and so if at some point during messages my my gut's like mm, I don't know if you should do this I'm like okay it doesn't matter if I need the money or not I'm not gonna do it because I just gotta trust the intuition that's really good that you've got that do you feel that while you were modeling for people in college, you kind of got used to, like, were people DMing you to set up shoots online or was it mostly like in person? Like, how did you sharpen that um, spider sense for figuring out who's a creep and who's not? So I think part of it, because in college, I almost exclusively did photo shoots with just other students. Um, and it wasn't until, yeah, the last year that I started doing stuff outside and it was all through Instagram. But I honestly think what it comes from is I went to an all women's college oh. and the way my bullshit meter, like I just, I can't, <laughs> I have a very low tolerance for bullshit anymore after going to an all women's college. And specific, trust me, bullshit comes from everybody, but specifically men's bullshit. And I feel like that intuition came from there where even like, like just a little comment will be made and I'll be like, eh, nope, that wasn't cool. Like we're not doing that anymore. So, and then, but also experience and talking to other people and it's like, you know, gathering different experiences and taking those and thinking about how they apply to what's going on now. But ultimately I'm just very grateful that my intuition has come in so much because I don't know exactly how it got to be like that. I feel like the women's college was a lot of it. That's great. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely did not have that experience. I, I did a little bit of internet college after I dropped out of high school, but I was never part of any kind of a school community. Yeah. So my social skills were kind of like, oh, I think I can survive this. So I'm going to try it. Yeah. (laughs) You're a tough cookie. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm still alive. So that's good. But uh, now I do a lot of self shooting and then my boyfriend shoots me and I do Mm -hmm. like some destination type trips but a lot of my income also comes from like a uh, Patreon and OnlyFans. Yes, which those have been amazing. Like it is super nice not having to say yes to every photo shoot that gets asked now. Like you said of like when you first got started and you were just because when I first went full time modeling, yeah, I did a lot more of those kind of shoots also because it's what pays and that's what a lot of people are asking for. And you're like, well, I need to pay my bills. Like, okay. And so those online platforms are so essential now because you don't have to say yes to everything because <laughs> you have that other little uh, piece of income. Yeah, that's awesome. When I when I see your photos online, I definitely get the vibe of the outdoor nude and nature vibe. But 
Is there are there a lot of shoots that you do where people want to photograph you in different genres that you're not super stoked about, but you you curate your image, or do you mostly just take on gigs that are like the type of photography that you would like to be featured as? So I definitely do some shoots that are, yeah, they want me to wear something specific that isn't maybe, yeah, my brand or my look, but I'll still do it. Um, But thankfully, I mean, after all this time, most of the people who approach me are looking for that image I've curated so well of this, you know, nature, fairy, goddess, nymph, you know, light, airy, beautiful, blending with nature. But I definitely do have, you know, sometimes they'll bring little outfits along and I, (laughs) there's, there's nothing, there's never anything wrong with it. But like the kind of cheesy, glamour, little tiny, yes, yeah, like those, not really for me, but I'll do it because I don't really mind. Like, and if if there ever was something that I wasn't comfortable with, I'll say no. Like one time, someone, uh, a photographer, asked if I'd be comfortable uh, holding like a gun or something, and it was unloaded and everything. But personally, I was like, honestly, that is something I wouldn't be interested in. Like, thanks for asking. Um, but for the most part, those other kinds, I'm usually open to. It is funny that uh, I get a lot of people asking to take my portraits because my eyes are very expressive and bright and they're, uh, they're green. They're like hazel green. And so it's always funny where sometimes I get booked for a nude shoot. No, like, hey, do you mind if I just take photos of your face for a second? Like, what? Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, the gun thing, interestingly, like, throughout the course of my career, a lot of people have wanted me to pose with guns. And for the most part, like, I, I wasn't very, like, politically aware until about maybe five or six years ago. So I, I didn't mind posing with guns at all. And now... Sometimes when I when I had those photos up, people would make like weird comments about them or like tell me that I'm not showing gun safety with the way that I was posing with it or or whatever. Like people just want to criticize anything that looks yeah. like you can start an argument about something in the comments. So now I I don't I don't like initiate that style. I, I'm not going to say that I would never do it again, but I would definitely say it's not really like my thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I, that's one of the things that, yeah, with, like, touchy subjects, I kind of, kind of do it per request. Like, I had, I did a photo shoot where I did traditional uh, Indian garments, and I had a bindi and traditional makeup and everything. I was, I was comfortable doing that because the photographer and his wife were from India, and that was what they wanted to do, that they wanted me to wear the clothes, they dressed me up. So I was like, okay, this isn't me. Like, you know, like I was like, this feels appropriate versus if somebody was like, oh, just throw this bindi on and throw this sari on just because like, oh, it looks cool and it's fun. I'm like, yeah, but this is a whole culture. And so, yeah, kind of like with guns where there could be an opportunity where it's like, you know, you feel good and comfortable with it. But the ones where it's just more as like an afterthought. Yeah. I'm like, well. Like, there could be more thought in this. There's a company in Seattle called Weapon Outfitters that uh, 
they make calendars and posters and they like represent like companies for like gun straps and like bullet belts and stuff. And I've modeled for them a few times because like it's more like I'm doing a catalog shoot. It's not yeah. like some guy with a bunch of guns in his basement wants to show them off like a naked chick or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that is, yeah, when it's like more uh yeah, like you said, catalog commercial. Yeah. Still not everybody's cup of tea. I can totally see that though. Yeah. Ooh. I just thought, oh, okay, this wasn't a horror photo shoot. Mm-hmm. But I'm also going to like reverse a little bit because I just thought of a good story. Okay, yeah, tell me. <laughs> so one time I was in Kansas City and I had a photo shoot set up and Usually the day before the photo shoot, like the night before, I'll text the photographer just confirming that the next day we're still on. And, you know, if there's if we haven't talked about specifics of what I should bring, like I always bring a large assortment. You bring two dozen, if not more options, whole duffel bag. But I like to try and curate, you know, because I have a lot of options. So I asked like, oh, you know, is there anything I should bring? Text this photographer. He was like, yeah black andre this that and any cool like rainbow or sparkly or glow in the dark dildos or vibrators you have (laughs) yes yeah i went what and i went back through our messages on model mayhem where we were first messaging because i was like i don't remember talking about this at all because it's about that's i don't do that kind of modeling for other people like i will do it like for my like yeah if i'm feeling sexy and i want to express myself that way on my platforms i'll do it or you know i sometimes i work with met art and sig models but they don't use toys either so i just was like where did this come from i look back at our messages we booked for art nude is what it said mm-hmm. so i told him i was like excuse me i why do you think we're doing that like that's kind of inappropriate And basically in the conversation, he got very defensive, of course. And he was like, well, I subscribed to your OnlyFans and saw you use something on there. And I was like, so you're assuming because you saw it on my private site that I would do that for you? And I, again, like, man, I, I bitched about it to my roommate at the time. That way I could come to him and be professional. Cause I like, but I had to get it out. I was like, what in the hell? And I told him, I was like, that is an incredibly wrong assumption. You can't just bring, like, I know you're bringing it up now, but you're not even bringing it up. You didn't ask. You just assumed that I'd be okay with that. And I'm not. And I, and I ended, I was like, I'm canceling the photo shoot because I no longer feel comfortable because yeah. even if I do come and I said, no, I, I feel like you're going to, possibly try and pressure especially because his attitude wasn't oh my gosh I'm so sorry you're right I like that was an assumption I'm you know like I'm sorry he was like no you do it elsewhere so why wouldn't you do it for me I was like yeah we're we're yeah I was like we're we're not shooting did you already know that he was on your OnlyFans or did he expose that to you during that conversation no he exposed it in that conversation that that is so awkward. And I've actually, I've heard of that sort of a thing happening with other models too, because they have their own OnlyFans where they make different types of content that they're comfortable in, in their own privacy, in their own home. Yes. And photographers join their OnlyFans and think, oh, she'll do that for anybody. Right? And it's like, excuse me, this is a, why are you assuming that without even asking? And it's always really weird 
when, you know, a, not, it doesn't happen a lot, but every once in a while I'll get like a photographer on, like somebody will message me on OnlyFans asking to book me for a photo shoot. And I'm like, that, this is not an appropriate place for that conversation. Yeah. I was like, if you want to book me, I have a website. I have an Instagram. Like I have all these other things. You asking me here, like, this is not the place for that. And I don't know what the best way to advertise that what you do on OnlyFans isn't like on the menu for a shoot, but yeah, there's got to be a good way to like include that. <laughs> Some photographers won't shoot anybody at all if they if they see that they have an OnlyFans or a Patreon or or whatever because they're gonna assume that you're gonna steal their photos and make money off of it or something. Yeah, yeah, or which I think is crazy because I completely understand you know, asking and being like, hey, can you not post these anywhere? Because I'm paying you, you know, like having that be in contract, but to just like, write it off completely. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I think there, there's a lot of misogyny with people who do have an OnlyFans. People, they don't want to associate. I've, you're, you're on Reddit, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so you have you experienced getting kicked out of uh, groups where they're like, oh, we just found out that you have an OnlyFans and we don't allow your kind here? Yep, because I'm like, okay, you're asking for free content and you're kicking out the people who make this content the most. Like, I've never under I understand not allowing advertising. Like, your title in this thing shouldn't be, come to my OnlyFans for more. Right. But the fact that they just complete, like, if you have an OnlyFans at all, they, they'll block you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've always thought that was weird. I've, I've been, like, regular contributors and, like, posting reg- like, relevant content that people loved. And then after, like, a few weeks, found out that I got booted. And, yeah. So, it, it is it is kind of annoying. It's like, I'm not going to take my OnlyFans link out of my bio. but. Yeah. Sometimes I'm tempted to because I do want to be part of other communities on Reddit, but it's it's not worth conforming. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Where it's it does get frustrating. You're like, okay, well, whatever. I want to ask you something about your life. This is a segment of the podcast that I call the Rising Phoenix moment. Is there? A situation in your life that, whether it's related to your modeling or not, you had to be faced with a challenge that you overcame. So, actually kind of related to what we're talking about um, with OnlyFans and getting judgment just from the association on that with name, which doesn't matter. Even if you do full-on work on OnlyFans, I don't think there should be any judgment, period. But overcoming people, like, you can just almost see people's, like, their thought process or their brain kind of change when you mention that you have an OnlyFans. Because they're like, oh, oh, you know? And so I love, like, meeting people, having them get to know me and, like, charming the pants off of them. And then they find out I have an OnlyFans. And you can see that, like, they almost, like, their instinct reaction is, like, judgment but they're like, wait, but I like her and she's cool. And, and so it like challenges their thought process. And I always hope that they rethink the way they think about it in general, if they ever meet anyone else who does it, because it's, you know, it's not, it's not crazy. And so just overcoming that, 
you know, constant judgment from other people or even just from nude modeling in general. One of the things I was most proud of in Kansas City was after living there for five years. Like I had mentioned before, when I first moved there, there was almost no nude modeling scene. And when I moved out of Kansas City to Hawaii a year ago, uh, there was absolutely a nude modeling scene there. There are tons of people who do it now and are comfortable. And some of my favorite conversations to have with people would be, you know, they'd be like, you know, Bella, I didn't really understand nude modeling before. I never really got, you know, people trying to like, you know, I, they just say like they didn't understand it before, but then they saw what I did and saw the message that I was promoting. And they're like, and, and I get it now. Or, or they at least understand it more. That's cool. And it's not necessarily all this like salacious, disgusting, erotic thing all the time. It, it can just be like an artful creation. Yeah. And yeah, and that it nudity, because one of my biggest things is showing that nudity is not synonymous with sex. And for a long time, I actually was, I was very adamant about not doing anything even remotely sexual because I was trying so hard. Simple minds need simple messages. And so at the time, I was so focused on not doing anything that could be perceived as sexual because I really wanted to get into people's brains that nudity is not synonymous with sex. But then I, then I started realizing, I was like, but... Nudity also is a part of sex and it's okay. And it's okay to also embrace, embrace your sexuality while also having the duality of every time you're naked, it doesn't have to be sexual. And so that's, I kind of like my little tagline, normalizing nudity, embracing sexuality. I love that. Like, you know, get both in there because there is nothing wrong with nudity being sexy and sexual, but that doesn't mean it's exclusively that. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. I, I fully agree with that. There's a lot of self-proclaimed artistic photographers that when you're talking about their style of photography, they're so adamant that it's not sexual at all. And it's not pornographic at all because that's evil somehow or it, yeah. the artistic value of it. Yeah, and it, that's absolutely not true. And I say that having come from like, you know, for a little while being of that, mindset and then eventually updating and realizing like wait no you can they can all coexist <laughs> yeah just because there's eye contact it doesn't mean it's not an artistic photo <laughs> i've had yes. someone say that if there's eye contact that makes it pornographic <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's very interesting yeah, people have some weird definitions on what is tasteful and what is artistic and then what's like crossing the line yeah it was always interesting. Or I've had this conversation with people on Reddit before. I really got and not got into it, but uh and again, I always when I'm when I'm writing things out online, I always want to make sure that if it's screenshot and posted elsewhere, I come out like I'm even if I want to curse someone out, I won't. So I'm like I want to remain the level-headed person. Yeah. Um, but I had a conversation with someone once where he was saying that, oh, what was it exactly? Because I was saying, you know, like, nudity is not inherently sexual. And he was saying something like, 
like it was that's an opinion and I was like no 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 the opinion is finding something sexy the opinion isn't nudity is sexual so like the example I used was if I'm sitting here drinking tea and I'm naked that is not sexual me just sitting here drinking tea naked is not a sexual thing because I'm naked does not make it a sexual act but you are allowed to find it sexy that's the opinion you finding it sexy is each person's personal opinion there's nothing wrong with finding it sexy but that does not make what i'm doing sexual like like that distinction of it doesn't make it inherently sexual but that doesn't mean it can't be found sexy or sexual but it doesn't make it so i fully agree that's a good point and everything is also a fetish to somebody like smoothing not sexy to 99.9% of people, but to that 0.01% that has a sneezing fetish, it's sexy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you, you can't live in the world without somebody having a thing for whatever you're doing at any given time. Yeah, absolutely. There's always a niche. <laughs> so, so yeah, with that being said, exactly. Like just because we'll use the sneezing example, just because you sneeze doesn't mean you're making porn or like trying to turn people on because some people are going to think that that's hot and other people are not going to be phased at all by it. With artistic nudity, I think people who are used to looking at like artistic nude photos or creating them or whatever, like it's not necessarily turning them on, but to people who like maybe live in an area where their culture is like not allowed to look at nudity because it's illegal because it's porn or whatever, like, and then they see one like, oh my God, nipples. You know, if it's, if it's yes. not allowed, it makes people want to obsess over it. Mm-hmm. Fully. And, and that actually, I am constantly talking about how exposure works. I'm like, if you see nipples, you stop realizing you're looking at nipples, like so constantly. The way, I mean, (laughs) I know you'll relate to this of like, (laughs) the way I'll be in a coffee shop, like just looking at somebody's portfolio, because they reached out and I'm going over their work. And I have a moment where I look around, I realize I'm like, oh, I'm like staring at labia in this coffee shop not even realizing it because it doesn't even phase me anymore because I've seen it so much and I'm looking at it in a professional way like you know and so truly like if people were just exposed to nipples more you would not think twice about seeing a pair of nipples in a normal situation and not to say you might not still find it sexy but it no longer becomes like you said this huge huge thing that you're like oh my gosh nipples <laughs> that's funny uh, i yeah when you're looking at a photographer's portfolio it generally it's a lot of nudity right and that reminds yeah. me my my last uh most previous boyfriend thought that i was like a closet lesbian because he was always looking over my shoulder at my computer <laughs> like, oh, you're looking at naked chicks again are you sure that you're straight and i'm like i'm looking at a photographer's portfolio to see who they worked with and to get references. I'm like, I don't exactly boobs and vaginas everywhere. That doesn't phase me. Like, yeah. Like I'm trying to make sure they're legitimate. (laughs) Yeah. I'm planning on going to this person's studio to get naked for them too. So I want to see what they're doing. Like it, it just, some people won't ever compute. They'll just see nudity and they can't, like, I guess you can't teach an old dog new tricks in some cases. 
Yeah, like they're so focused on, well, if they're looking at that, that means they're into it. Yeah. <laughs> Where I'm, I, yeah, I, I guess I've said this before in the podcast, but I feel like I'm so deep into the forest, I can't see the trees. Like all the other like <laughs> photos around me, like my portfolio, my friend's portfolio is the photographers that I'm working with. It's I'm always immersed in it and it doesn't phase me at all. I'm super desensitized. That is a great way of putting it. I'm so deep in the forest, I can't even see the trees. Because, yeah, <laughs> you just forget. You're like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, people usually don't do that. Or like, <laughs> like, you're like, oh, surprise, forgot. Yeah. Or if I have a friend or an acquaintance who, like, just got divorced and they're depressed and they need a hobby. Nowadays, my go-to solution for them is to suggest, why don't you get into photography and start joining some artistic nude meetups? Because that's fun and interesting, <laughs> But it's yeah. because I've interacted with so many recently divorced or about to get divorced photographers who are getting into nude photography. <laughs> yeah, right. That's yeah. funny. But it is. And you also meet, like, if that is your mindset, then you meet other people with that mindset who are for it. Like, that's so funny, though. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will. I will note a uh, disclaimer that ninety nine percent of people that I've suggested that to were not comfortable with the idea of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not for everyone, but you never know. Also, I actually just worked with uh, someone yesterday who it was her first like nude shoot, but she was comfortable with it. But it was something that she was just recently getting into photography and you know trying to figure out what she was and wasn't into uh photographing cool it's, it's always fun being somebody's first nude photo shoot because they're often like really nervous about the fact that you're naked in front of them yeah <laughs> right and you're like it's fine yeah <laughs> well all right we're we're about at time is there anything else that you wanted to mention on the podcast before we wrap it up Hmm. Man, let me. Time goes by quick when you're having fun. That's for sure. <laughs> um, nothing specific. Yeah, no. Just super, super excited and grateful to have been able to do this. Like, I love seeing. I loved seeing when you said you were doing a podcast. I was like, that's exactly what this world needs. Just talking about it, bringing people together, and discussing like what it's like for us because especially out here in Hawaii when I tell people I model full-time they their first question is always what so how so like how what like they don't even know where to start (laughs) they're like they're just because they have no frame of reference they're like I don't even know what to ask just like how like and so that's why I think this is really great because I think it's something people really like just have no no idea about how how tall are you by the way i am five seven but i photograph like i'm five nine five ten because i can like i'm not short obviously but i meet people consistently and they're like oh i thought you were going to be taller I'm like no <laughs> <laughs> and and i and then i get photos back from certain things and i'm like holy shit i look so tall <laughs> like no wonder people think i'm much taller it's because i have a long torso and so that just you know that photographs like extra tall and the reason i ask that is because uh i'm 
just under 5'2". And so when I tell people that I'm a freelance model, if they don't know me at all, I think they're just looking at me like, what do you mean you're a model? You're not tall enough because the yeah. cool idea is that you're supposed to be like 5'9 or taller if it's an agency or whatever. Yeah, or like for runway that they've only really ever thought about it in a runway capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay. yeah, exposing that you can be different, like, sizes and shapes for freelance modeling, especially for nude modeling. Like, there's a lot oh, yeah. more, like, variety of different types of nude models. Absolutely. Which is fabulous. Because it's... And I I love that, especially in the freelance world, yeah, you can really be whatever you want. Because agencies, they are slowly but surely kind of changing their tune, but not really. So it's nice just being in charge of yourself and getting to like, oh man, I tell people, they're like, why aren't you with an agency? I'm like, cause I don't want to be weighed. Yeah. Like that's not healthy. <laughs> and they're like, wait, they weigh you. I'm like, yeah, no, people don't realize agencies, not all of them anymore, but you'd be surprised by how many big agencies still weigh their models. Yeah. And that just does not create healthy habits. Yeah. Plus, if you were working with an agency, then you pretty much have to do whatever they say. Yes. Your own creative thing. Yeah. You don't get to say, no, I don't want to do that photo shoot. I don't like it. Nope. They told you to do it. So that's what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about the freelance life. Yep. (laughs) Cool. Well, I'll include links to your Instagram and any other links that you want to include in the show notes for the podcast so people can check you out. And um, I look forward to seeing you sometime next week when I come to Hawaii. Yes, I will see you soon. Thank you so much for having me on. And it's just so fabulous. Great. Awesome. Great chatting with you, Bella. <laughs>